The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Fisher Rally friends and welcome to Spin the Rally pod. My goodness me, we're sitting by the lake in Naivasha at, quite appropriately, the Toyota Hotel, just enjoying a quiet Monday morning after what was a frantic, hectic and mighty exciting four days of Safari Rally Kenya. George Donaldson is with me. George, what a lovely little spot this is. It's absolutely stunning, Colin. We believe this is the finest hotel on the lake. Which is, of course, why we've gravitated here. Is this the one where you got chased by a hippo? No, no, I got. Uh, that was Lake Naivasha Country Club. Okay. Uh, about 300 metres uh, west. Right. On the south side of the lake here, and yeah, about uh, 30 years ago, <laughs> I was walking to my little cottage uh, with my wife. Actually, we were on holiday after the rally, and I heard a noise around the side of the. We were on the last cottage out. I heard a noise around the side behind some bushes. So I, I, my wife went up on the little veranda at, the, at the, the, the room door. She opened the door and I went around the side with the torch to look in to see who was there, uh, being foolishly young and brave. And, and I, I looked at her, what the hell is that? It's a stone. And then all of a sudden it became a, a pair of pink eyes and a massive jaw opened up. With huge teeth. Literally. And I'm like, I could oh smell goodness. it. So my head was nearly in the damn thing's mouth. Wow. I looked up. I, 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 at this point, I startled it because I, I got a fright. And my wife said, she said, literally, you, you literally just sprung from where you stood. The, the, the veranda on the, the cottage was maybe half a metre higher with a wooden rail on it. She said, I literally just sprung over the top of it. Yeah. So it was like a standing yeah. uh, high jump. They, they are beautiful, beautiful beast hippos, but, they but they're not to be messed with. They they're, kill a lot of people. If you do. get between them and water and you startle yeah. them, it's, it's, yeah. uh, they just run yeah, you yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. But there are plenty of them, and if you respect them, they respect you. And they're not far from us here, where we're at, as I say, at the Toyota Hotel. George, do you know what? Um, I'm not really sure where to start with this one, because, you know, under normal circumstances, we'd start clearly with the glories of the Toyota team, because they were magnificent this weekend. But overnight, we've heard the breaking news that Thierry Neuville has been disqualified. Do you want to start with that one? What do you reckon? Well, should we start with that? I think we should, no, I eh? Think we should start let's, with let's that. Let's talk about that. So, we'll only give it five minutes. It's not worth any more. Well, I th- do you know what? I think it is worth more than five yeah. minutes because I think it's indicative of issues. Yeah, issues enough. that are maybe um, cultural issues within that team, perhaps, perhaps. Uh, you know, it, for me, the recce rules are very straightforward and you do not, you do not impinge upon those rules. Yeah. You know, you, you risk, it, it is an enormous risk to do illegal wrecking, yeah. and it was illegal wrecking, and they knew it was illegal wrecking. Well, let's let's look at the, the root cause of that. They don't feel they're getting a good enough recce to get the information, so they've gone away and had more recce. The drivers, uh, as well as the teams, are the reason that the recce is so short. It's no problem for the rally to run a four or five day recce to have three or four passes. If that's what the drivers and the teams wanted, you would have it. But they pushed for shorter and shorter times. They wanted to be in country less and less. Yeah. The short recce, 
is because drivers historically, over the last 15 years, have asked for it. George, I don't think it matters how short the wreck is. I, th no, I think you drive to the conditions well, that totally, you know. That, you've that's done, the you've point. done two, that two was, That was the argument for doing it. Yeah. And the, the rallies and the FIA said, you'll complain about the lack of uh, the lack of wreckies and you know, you'll know you say it's not safe and we want this and we want that. Uh, but the drivers, the, the, the drivers and the teams, they insisted on the short recce. And now to go and take extra... It's an unbelievable bit of hypocrisy. Uh, it's, apart it's, from for me, else. it's um, and, and you know, and, and I don't want to sound too harsh, but but I'm going to be because it deserves to be treated harshly. Um, it's unbelievable stupidity. And that's the only thing I can think of to describe it. It's, it's stupidity of the highest order. You've just won a rally. You've got your championship chances back on track. You know, if things go your way, and you do something that is so obviously illegal. Now. I'll give you a set of circumstances where I might be able to understand them sending someone into the stages. Wreck is finished, you have the most horrendous thunderstorm. Roads wash away, rocks wash on the stage. You are genuinely concerned about dramatic changes in the conditions. You might decide to do something a bit naughty and send someone in to have a look. If the roads are in, say, Greece, where there's no one about or anything like that. that there was no excuse for what happened here. They sent a team member into a private, Closed off area. Was it where a the team member, runs. Colin? Someone associated with Newville. Okay. It has to be, okay, you're right to bring, bring me up on that. Someone, part of Newville's team, has gone into a closed private estate. They've been confronted by security guards. I imagine they've had their photograph taken. It is gross stupidity, George. It, that, that's the biggest thing of all, is the utter stupidity of it, Colin, is, is beyond belief. I have seen stupidity like this before. I've been, unfortunately, rather close to it. <laughs> Um, and <laughs> Extremely caught, and, close, and, and, George. And hit by the shrapnel, you know. Yeah. Um, not not being part of it, but but being associated with it. Um, but but it, it's unbelievably stupid. You know, if if you're going to cheat, do it properly. Don't be stupid about it. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you you have indicated to me that there perhaps are more people doing this, Colin. Well, George, I, I not in. I'm not going to say in the WRC because I've. I have seen incidents in the WRC yeah. and I have reported incidents to, not reported, but I've had quiet words with teams in the past saying, you have to be really careful about this. You know, I remember, George, you and I were at a stage, we were doing a, a, a radio recce mm. for a stage in Mexico and it was late Thursday afternoon. The recce was well and truly finished. Yeah. Uh, and a team member came through the stage in a team truck, in full team livery, came through the stage. Now, yes. I went to the team boss afterwards and said, look, obviously, I'm not going to say anything more about this. But you won't have a word with this guy, because if he gets caught doing that, yeah. there are serious consequences. Probably possibly a maverick in the team. And that, that wasn't possibly a maverick in the team. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that wasn't that many years ago. Mm -hmm. I remember myself doing a bit of illegal wrecking Colin, on the ERC. Don't tell us. The do IRC. not share. Do not I did. share. No, don't, don't share? Don't share. share. No, there's no statute of limitations this. on that. IRC, Jake. You'll lose, you'll lose your, your FIA accreditation. <laughs> That's it. Colin was, it, was, Colin was it, just no, fantasizing, no, I can't judge. don't tell I can't us. judge, because it wasn't actually governed the IRC by the FIA. So. Oh, you're okay, <laughs> No, but, but you know, it, it was one of those circumstances yeah. that I described where yeah. you know, there had been an awful thunderstorm yeah. and the driver was a little bit concerned. Yeah. Can you read pace notes? Mm -hmm. Well, I can make a go. And I went up with one of yeah. his friends and we had a little yeah. look at the stages to yeah. see if anything had changed. Right. What but, Thierry but, was doing, Colin, was potentially worth a massive amount. You would avoid punctures uh, by doing the type, of, the type of thing he would be doing would help him to massively avoid punctures and judge where the cuts are. I suspect, I and mean, I've no idea of the reasoning for it, but you know, you mentioned a good reason, if there's a good reason for it. Yeah. There, there, I could argue a good reason for doing it here. In, 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 I would never countenance it, I hasten to right, add. Right. But uh, 
you know, th there was a discussion from, uh, it was Esipekalapi was very upset because drivers were going sometimes two car widths off the track because, you know, the, the road went around a wee arc to the left and back mm. to the right, but it was just grass. And most of the people had just gone over the grass. Now, it's, it's, a, it's a, a, an unmade gravel road. You know, it's not, not gravel, it's just dirt. And the road forms, you know, if, if, if there's a water puddle there, everyone goes round the other way and, and likewise. So, but the, the point was there was some concerns that some of the organisers might willy-nilly, the stage commanders might decide, oh, that's not right. The route goes there and they put stones there. They come round a fast corner, committed to that fast place to find stones there, and now they can't go round. Okay. What, what would you be? Well, what, would, yeah, what would you do in those circumstances? You would approach the organisers well, and the raise your concerns the with the organisers. Were approached, and, and I searched through the, the bulletins, and there was various comments about it. Mm. But basically, it was put to bed, mm. and it was you know, no, just uh, it's, yeah. Af it's Africa. It's it's a, it, it, it's not like the defined European mm. roads, or you know, it's not it's not a macadam constructed mm. road. These are estate roads that are just in the bush and yeah, and yeah they are they are it, there are deviations and it kind of goes back to what we discussed george i think in the preview for the safari rally we discussed the fact that you know with so many different options uh, you know the road is so so undefined in places that you cannot actually note for everything and i wonder whether that actually came into it because yeah, you've got an option you've got a straight down you follow the tracks option you can go right you can go left you can't put all that into your notes just in case conditions change no. I, and I, again i'm not making excuses because i think it is just the most, the most ridiculous decision that they've made there to go and do that. Well, I mean, um, reading the bulletin, it does seem to be Thierry that has taken it on the chin. He's taken it on the chin, and, yeah. and, and, and the, the only, the only credit that uh, that comes out of this for Thierry and for, for the team is that he didn't even try to defend it. He said, "No, you know, we made the mistake." And he put his hands up straight away, yes. and, and and he has to be given yeah. credit for that. But yeah, there's no absolutely. credit in anything else he's, get, no. he's done. Well, there. I mean, uh, f full credit for just you know, t as you say, taking responsibility. Mm for it but um, the, the, the concept of, of, of doing that's what worries me like, he, he's admitted to it so readily and, and yeah I'll, I'll credit to him for that but the fact is he seems to be almost flitting out yeah yeah I did that like mm. it didn't matter well, well actually it bloody does matter I, I agree with you there George and do you know what you know the, the rules around wrecking have been I think stretched over the years and there's been a little bit of complacency come in in terms of, you know, we've got things like the engineers wrecking. So who goes on the engineers wrecking? Is it just engineers? Your team members are allowed in until the recce closes. Well, when does the recce close? Is it the actual end of the final stage of the recce or when the recce for that stage closes? There's been a grey area. And I remember back in Finland a few years ago, maybe 10 or 15 years ago, 10 or 12 years ago, uh, there was a lot of debate over Sebastian Loeb and it was Peter Solberg that was most vocal about this, uh, Loeb would send people in after he'd finished the recce uh -huh. to, to check just how far he could cut. You know, he'd gone so far, could I go a little further? <laughs> and they defended it quite, quite successfully, saying, no, the, the rules quite clearly state that team members are allowed yeah. until the recce finishes. Mm -hmm. And this is our definition of when the recce finishes. Mm -hmm. It's all got a little grey, it's all been a little stretched. Mm -hmm. um, and Neuville has been caught out, George, and, and it's... it's it's, for me, it just leaves a bad taste. It really does. You know, we, we, he, he, needs, he needs to be a lot more focused on, on what he's got to do. And, and it's, it's almost desperation. And, I, and I, that worries me. That really, really worries me. That a top driver, and I can't remember the last time a top driver was excluded from an event, really can't, a long, long time ago, has done something so heinous he's been excluded you're one of our top two or three drivers yeah the, there's, um, there's people get excluded and heavily penalized for 
mistakes in the heat of the action, but that's not in the heat of the action. That that is uh, calculated, calculated, badly calculated. Um, actually, probably quite well calculated, but mm. unbelievably badly executed. Right. If you're going to do it, do it real smart. But, I think George, you might argue he's got off a little lightly because action I, I, drivers I thought, banned for legal wrecking. I, banned. I, that's what I thought was the potential to lose all your championship points and well, be left out for the rest of the year. Seen, yeah, banned. But then was it Gally? Gigi got someone was banned for six months for illegal uh, wrecking. I can't remember who it was. Um, various people. Yeah, various people. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. the, there was people. There was people banned for six months or even longer for yeah, transgressing yeah. the 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 COVID quarantine rules. Absolutely. But I think it was all quite correct, to be mm. fair. Yeah. So there we go. Um, we, we, our five minutes stretched to probably ten minutes. <laughs> George. Uh, yeah. I, I'm I am slightly perplexed by all of that. I think the stewards have absolutely made a big statement here, totally. saying you know. Totally. You guys have to be firm, firm in yeah. your understanding of what the regu yeah. regulations are. Yeah. And if you impede, um, um, uh, you know, if you uh, transgress on those regulations, we will punish you and yes. you will be punished hard. And that's that for me is, is the right way to deal with it. It, it absolutely is. Now, is, uh, can we finish with that now? Can I go on. Let's move on. Shall I, we? I am desperate to talk about how fantastic this rally was. Oh, George. What entertainment we had. Where do we start, Colin? Well, you know what? I, I think we start with Kenya, and we start with the uh, just the atmosphere, George, because it, there's an atmosphere at this event like no other. Yeah. You know, we have you know the tiniest toddlers yeah. to grandmas and grandfathers yeah. at the stages. We have you know yeah. in equal numbers. We have men and women coming to watch the rally. Uh, it is a festival. It is a celebration. Yeah. Uh, it is a party. Um, on every single stage, at every single road section. And it's, it, is. it is joyous, George. It is joyous to and, see. And the biggest parties of all, Colin, I can tell you, are the <laughs> traffic jams when five, on a two-lane highway, five or six lanes in one direction, yeah. including all the edges and the ditches, meet five directions in the other. And then you can just slowly yeah. morph through over the... You morph through 500 metres in the course of about an hour and a half and you're edging every gap and you're pushing people out. And then you roll your window down and you have a laugh with them even though you've beaten them yeah. and everyone's friendly. Doesn't happen all the time, George, because you had a little bit... I wouldn't call it road rage, but you know, there was <laughs> a small incident. Small incident. Where was that? Where, where, where you tried to just nudge your way in, someone didn't like it and you lost your wing mirror. No, that wasn't nudging, Colin. I was overtaking him. Mm -hmm. I've got a video of it. I've got video evidence. Do you want the video evidence? No, no we don't want no, the no, video evidence. No, all I was doing was overtaking on the old road, two-lane old road, and uh, the, uh, the the guy was he was on his own he was on his own side of the road. There was nothing coming towards us. We were doing 40 kph. It was a very bumpy road, and uh, I, I gave him a horn a wee toot. And a friendly uh, toot or a kind of no, aggressive no, toot? It was a toot, 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 toot rather. No, no, it was a. Oh, that's friendly toot. Yeah, just the wee, the wee peep. Yeah. And, and I was three quarters of the way past them, yeah. and you can just see it because I'd, I'd actually put the dash cam on, and the guy just turned into me. Right. Your, your boss Tony's sitting with us, and yeah. there's a slight look of perplexion on his face, George. I'm not sure that you're telling the story exactly as it okay. happened. Tony no. was basically, it was, it was about, it was about a nine, a nine <laughs> minute, shaking his head. it was a nine minute section where we went off road <laughs> and through, through ditches and along tracks and old bits of road. Uh, and dear. Tony basically had a fit <laughs> for nine minutes, a nine minute fit. He's still recovering yet. I think he'll never be the same again. Do you know what, Joe? You know, I, I, I've been a, a wee bit ill on the rally. Um, I had a really blinding headache and then I was sick and, um, I think a bit of it's come down to the driving and that kind of bouncing around in the car because your muscles get so tense, don't they, when you're driving on those bouncy they, they, roads? They and do. It's, it's quite, you know, uh, it's quite frantic. You've got to stay, it's frantic. You've got to be, it's, it's a, a, a mixture of very focused um, strength in your driving, strength yeah. in the traffic. Yeah. And you, people might call that aggressive, but it's not aggressive because you're not angry inside. 
you're just you're you're being very assertive, let's call it. Um, you've got to stay relaxed but unbelievably focused. And in the car with Tony, we've got a system where you call everything. So we, we had we started a game. Elliot was in the car. He joined in. So is, is it uh, sleeping policeman or shadow? Because there's so many sleeping policemen. Yeah. Are you looking at a shadow or a sleeping policeman? You're doing 110 down the road. If it's a sleeping policeman, you need to come down to 10 and then accelerate yeah. up with a very low-powered car. Call everything in case you miss it, because so there's so much you can miss. Four eyes is... is I, I have to say, George, I, I did channel a little bit of my George Donaldson, inner George Donaldson this Good weekend call. in my driving. Good. I, got, I, I, I did everything by the rules for a few hours and got frustrated sitting yeah. doing going nowhere. Sadly, yeah. I thought this this because we also had a Toyota Land Cruiser, what a capable vehicle that is. Uh, and then thought, well, you know, this 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 vehicle's meant to go off road. So exactly. so off we went down the verges, over the banks, across the railway lines, yeah. through the mud holes. It was magnificent. And it was actually quite good fun. There, there's nothing Chelsea tractor about a Land Cruiser. Oh, no. They look they look oh, fabulous, no. they look great. Those are serious off-road machines. Capable. Uh, even Tony was surprised where it could go to and what it could take. We were talking, George, uh, when we then got when we digressed into the traffic and traffic jams and road rage and land cruisers. Not, we were talking about how wonderful Kenya is. You know, they've, they've come a long way, haven't they? And, and you know, we, we had too long, too many years where there was no safari rally. What was it, 20 years without a safari yeah. rally? And it came back three years ago in a very different guise. Um, but, George, was the atmosphere always like this on safaris? Did you always have this kind of joy and pleasure and excitement from the, uh, from the locals and the reception? Even more so, Colin, because really? the rally was widespread and it was right. linear. Right. So you didn't quite get the traffic jams we're experiencing now when you condense it. So these are relatively new to me. Mm. I've not experienced them. Plus the fact the population of Kenya has, has I think, gone up three times mm. since I was last here in 20, 2001, 2002. Uh, and plus, plus, you know, there's a burgeoning middle class here in Kenya. There's a lot more cars around, massive amount more traffic. Uh, but I'm happy to say that everyone is still happy, happy and cheerful. And, <laughs> and, and uh, you know, there's, a, there's a lot more wealth here, which is lovely to see. A lot, uh, the, the penalty of that is a lot more traffic. And the infrastructure hasn't grown at the same pace. So we do see these... Um, these yeah. bottlenecks every now and again. Ah, yeah, we, we, we can put up with them for the, for the yes, joy and all that. To be honest, they were fun, so, Colin. So the organisers have, you know, they, they, they brought in outside help for the first couple of years, George. They did it all themselves this year, more or less all of it themselves mm -hmm. this year. And I, I think they have to be applauded because, you know, it ran to schedule. We didn't lose any stages. Mm -hmm. We had challenging conditions on the road sections, uh, some challenging weather. I think they've got to be applauded because it was, it was a super job in putting it this, on. Once again, this rally has proven itself to be mm a remarkable challenge, sufficiently the same as a WRC event to be allowed to exist and massively, sufficiently different enough to represent this entirely different challenge. And it, for, for me, it's what, it's what the World Championship yeah. has to be. We, we have to be diverse because yeah. that, that's our USP. Our, our ultimate USP is the fact. We go to you the know, people. We, we, we go to the people and we go to different places. You know, Monaco Grand Prix every year is, is the same, same corners. Mm -hmm. You've got Silverstone, same corners, same yeah. tarmac, same crowds, same grandstands. Mm -hmm. You know, we come out to places like this and, uh, you know, we've got such a diverse yeah. story to tell yeah. uh, on, on every stage, at every yeah. point during the rally. And, and it was just told beautifully this year. Um, before we go on and talk about the actual rally, uh, some of the images that came out, George, and, and a word for our helicopter pilot from WRC TV, um, specialist helicopter, Scotsman, Guy from Aberdeen, based in Sydney, uh, one of the most competent and capable and experienced helicopter pilots in the world, in the world, George. Uh, and he put on a display 
this weekend. Some of his flying was breathtaking. We've seen it too, Colin. Utterly, utterly spectacular. And it it just adds such a different element to it. Do you know, in in the olden days with helicopters, they were too high. And you lost... And listen, even in Sardinia. So we're in Sardinia a few weeks ago. And remember on on the power stage, there was that water splash? Yes. I had no idea there was such a steep descent down into that water splash until I saw some fan footage from the other side of it. And the cars were coming across... Because the helicopter was great in Sardinia. It flattens everything everything out. out. Here, he got down so low at times. It just gave a perspective of of A, the countryside that we were rallying, B, the technological capabilities of the cars, you know, which was just incredible to see. And C, the whole thing was just an exciting roller coaster watching it. It was magical. I don't understand how you can fly a helicopter below the height of a rally car on the same road. It was that spectacular, wasn't it? It It was incredible. Of course, that wasn't quite the case, but it was just phenomenal. And what I have to say, you might look at some of that helicopter flying and say, wow, you know, that's maybe a a little bit close to the margin. What I will tell you is he does, he he wreckies. He wreckies every single stage. He knows exactly where he can get down low. He knows exactly where he's got to pull up. He knows exactly where he can turn his chopper in the air. He, He is an the consummate yeah. professional when it comes yeah. to flying that chopper. Well, and I, can, it, I can appreciate the safety angle, Colin. Mm. I've had two, uh, two of my seven close, uh, close calls in light aircraft and helicopters happened here in Kenya. Right. So right. Uh, I appreciate the safety. And yeah, then, no, he yeah, did a great job. The, 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 recce, the big thing with the recce is, is uh, cables. Absolutely. Because yes. cables appear um, yeah. Yeah. almost overnight, people yeah. will start to run cables yeah. and they'll put them on the top of 20-foot yeah. poles. Yeah. They'll run them across gorges. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's what, that was one of the things that nearly nearly got us once in the helicopter. He's not scary. Uh, George, let's move on then. Uh, you know, the, the rally, as we've, we've established, was just quite quite magnificent. Um, Toyota's performance, quite magnificent. A one, two, three, four, four in successive rides. Now, you, I said, has that ever happened before? We're still not quite sure. We know that Toyota did it in 93. They did it again last year. Yeah. Successive rallies. Has it happened before? You reckon maybe Toyota did it on Ivory Coast way back in the day? Two I'm, years I'm running. Pre- I'm pretty sure in 80, 1986, Ivory Coast, we did the one, two, three, four. And then the following year as well. That's uh, my point. N- no. Uh, no, it's, well, okay. okay the, following, so, the following year, we, we pulled out because there was an accident. So, so the point I was making, maybe I didn't make the point too well to you, George, was in successive years. So they did it last years. year, they've done it this year. I don't think that's been no, done I, before. I, I, think that, I don't think we've done that. Toyota, Toyota never did that before. And I don't sure. think anyone's ever done that before. No, I'm pretty sure that's an old... We, we, we do have a... There's an article up on our website, Colin. I don't yeah. know if you're not... Yeah, I've had a look at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't about one, two, the whole thing I fell asleep yeah. actually. Not because the article was boring, but just because I was so dog-tired. Yeah. Um, but I think they were talking about that. Yeah, one, two, threes. Uh, George, uh, do you know what? Uh, real testament to the strength of the car. And I suppose the preparation that Toyota put in for this rally, because you, you don't get a one, two, three, four by luck. No, the, the, so the, in between the stages, I mean, you know, the, the preparation before the event, we did an interview with Tom Fowler, Tom Fowler and he was, he was absolutely adamant. He said, he said, we know the issues, we, we think we know all the issues we face here, all the challenges. He said, we know we've got, there are some things that we, we could be concerned about. We've taken mitigating actions. Some of those are physical things we've done to the car. Um, some are the way that we react to those challenges when they come and the big element also is the driver so it's, it's a combination of three or four things mm. that will make us strong mm. uh, we're confident of the car car's suspension and setup there's no issues with that so so they, they did that massive preparation and then obviously in between each stage they clean out all the air filter system because the, the, it's a you know 
it's basically a European system. It's not mm. built to, to separate dust. Yeah. So that is a problem for all the cars. They have to yeah. change their air filter every stage. And they, Every they stage would, they were changing? Literally, wow. literally every stage, Colin. Right. They, would, they would vacuum it out. Maybe not every stage, but very frequently. If there's any dust at all, they would clean it out because it would cost you power the next yeah, well, day. Well, and we saw that in the final yeah, day with yeah, Toyota, didn't we? Absolutely. Um, so, so the drivers were doing that, but then not only that, they were down in between the stages, changing the rear diff setting, Mm. changing the ride height nearly every stage, up and down. Mm. Up and down as much as, um, well, I, I think I saw 20 millimetre difference in ride height. Wow. They were lowering it down for the faster stages and putting it mm. back up for the rougher stages. Mm. Uh, tightening the diffs, I think, for the faster stages and loosening them for the rougher stages. Mm. I think that's what they were doing. Mm. But yeah, um, And that, that, as you say, is all about preparation, isn't yeah, it? And that would have been well, they've, they'd have had a plan, and oh. the plan would have been this stage, yeah, you, you, you can soften it, this stage you take it to this there side. There will be an absolute playbook yeah. for that. Yeah, yeah. No, the, the preparation is, is, is phenomenal and the, the strength of the car is phenomenal. Um, concerns on the final afternoon when they mm. all seem to suffer a power loss uh, because of that ingestion of the, the fesh fesh. Was that a failure of a system, George, or was that just uh, you know, that an was, unforeseen circumstance? We'll, we'll talk was, about preparation. Yeah, Why do you I, think that I think, I think that was a fair bit of overdramatic reporting. Not from, from, not from, from the drivers? No, I think it was just somebody decided. If you looked at the times on that stage... They weren't that bad. They weren't that bad. <laughs> Where did this mysterious power loss come yeah, from? Yeah. Was it a bit of hype yeah. that, you know, that, that yeah. the promoter was, was generating? Um, yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, they, they, I, mean, I, I followed them on the road section after that rough stage. There was no panic. Were, there was absolutely no panic right. at all. There were right. no concerns. Right. They just did their normal work. I was there, you know, so, so I know what they did. And, and it would have surprised me, to be quite honest, if there was a, any sort of catastrophic, to use one of your words, mm. catastrophic failures of that, that, you know, that improvised filter system, because they all knew what to expect, as you say, and we know yeah. that Tom Fowler is... Yeah. You know, there are some incredible engineering yeah. brains in all three but, teams. There's a, there's a um, good fail-safe on that system. Yeah. If that system fails, yeah. they can actually just rip it off and throw it in the back of the car. And where they go. And, and, and just run with an open, an open system to the air filter, which, you know, would block more quickly, but it would keep you going, so it's not going to end a rally or anything. Yeah. We will, we will come on to talking about the drivers and the result, but we'll, we'll just talk about particularly the two top teams just now. Um, Toyota, we've said, brilliant, just absolutely brilliant. An incredible result here. Um, Hyundai, George, you know, even before the much-talked-about exclusion for Thierry Neuville, it had been a disastrous weekend. This is a rally that they don't seem to be able to get on with. Their best finish here, George, in the three years we've been coming is fifth. It's fifth. Yep. They've won 11 stages. Mm -hmm. in three years mm -hmm. you know Abitable was moderately honest he said you know this is a tough rally this exposes your weaknesses yeah. he says and what this rally has exposed is our weaknesses in our team in our car and in our drivers that, that's honesty yeah but he's been there six months uh -huh. you know should he have been aware of those weaknesses yeah. beforehand to me it's 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 exposed absolutely some fractures within the team uh, and it's exposed some real work that needs to be done in that team. Well, I 100% agree with you, Colin. Uh, again, you, you watched the, the cars in between the stages. I, I watched that very closely because I'm interested in that technical aspect. The level of diligence and, and work and procedure that the Toyota drivers was not being matched wow. by, by Thierry and Esapeka, perhaps by Danny Sordo. I saw him doing more, but that could have just been a circumstance that I didn't see it. But I was there quite often. So you know, I think they were quite happy with their car. That's our car set up. We go with that. They weren't being as dynamic 
and right. organised as responsive as, as, as responsive as Toyota yeah. as focused. Wow. So so that you know that, what an easy win that is. Uh, now I've just told them that. Simple thing. That. Simple I've given thing. them that for free. You could you pay a consultant thousands of pounds for that analysis, but there you are. That's for free, Hyundai. Yeah. There you are. Yeah. Stage by stage, guys. Yeah. Kilometer by kilometer. Yeah, it's not. You know, you know? we often talk about you. You, yeah. you go with a compromise setting when you come out of service yeah. for for the loop of stages. That's not the case here. Yeah. You come out of service with the settings for the next stage, yeah. and then in between stages yeah. you adjust it. Yeah. So it's it's a constant. Yeah. It's, it's not just you know okay once yeah. service is done settings are set. That's not no. the way to deal with no, it. No. So I think you'll find that uh, Francois de Maison, their new technical director. He's not been there very long, has he? No, just a few weeks. Yeah, weeks. Literally yeah. weeks. He will look at this and he will get the feedback, undoubtedly, from Cyril. And uh, he was, you know, there's a man with method, mm. methodology. Mm. He's seen it all from, from big teams to small teams. He's seen it all. Mm. I remember FX back in Subaru days. Yeah. Um, he will absolutely, in my view, change that, turn that around. It's, it's not rocket science. But I did ask the question of Cyril in the final media zone. I said, look, you know, FX has got a proven track record. We know how good he is and we know how demanding he will be of the yes. team because, you know, he works for the very and best the drivers, team we've had. And the drivers. drivers. How long will it be until we see a positive effect from FX, you know, translating into results? Because they don't have time, George. It's, it's got to be almost instantaneous. Is that possible? It, 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 you, can make, you, you, can, you can address some of the core issues straight away. Right. Yeah. What are the core issues? Um, I, I'm not in the team, so it's, it's yeah, impossible. That was, was a difficult but, question. But, I'm sorry I mean, to just, ask just, you. Just by, just by way of, of uh, issue, I, I remember many years ago uh, having a very bad Monte Carlo rally. I was team manager with a very bad Monte Carlo rally. And it was due to um, the, the, gravel, the gravel note cruise. No, ice uh, note cruise. The ice note cruise, as, as it was. Who had, uh, they were a bit maverick. And we had, we had a very strict schedule, very strictly worked out with the engineers and myself and uh, one of the co-drivers. We went through everything very carefully, how we would do this timing-wise to get the, the temperatures right and everything. Because, you know, if, if you go too early, it's still getting colder. Oh, no, that road was just wet. That's right. Well, two hours later, it's We've ice. We've seen that, yeah. So we took yeah. them through in the last minute. Yeah. And anyway, we had a gravel note crew from a particular driver that obviously had managed to persuade the other gravel note crew Let's go do that early and then we can go and have a coffee and a crassle and we can be early and then we'll drop the notes off afterwards. And they went two hours early, Colin. Right. Now that would have been okay if we'd known that they were two hours early, but we thought they were just an hour before. Right. So we took the temperature, we, we, we had the chart, we knew what the conditions were, we had the chart, we knew how quickly the temperature was dropping, we knew when that road would freeze. Hmm. And, and the indications were that it wouldn't. Every other gravel crew had gone 90, 90 minutes later and the temperature had dropped X amount. So, you know, so we actually pulled, now, now the, the gravel crews, they were paid by the team, but they were effectively employed by the drivers. Hmm. So I remember uh, after Monte Carlo, Uva said, right, said, George, Tuesday morning, I want all the drivers in, in, the, in the boardroom, Uva Anderson, and that was a fun meeting. <laughs> that was a fun, Uva was, Uva was Who very- Who were the drivers, George? Uh, no, I won't say that, but, but, um, but, but it was uh, the, uh, normally a very forthright oh, bunch. Oh, talking about a man, talking about a man who's yeah. been on top of his game, that's yeah. Tom Fowler heading yeah. in for breakfast. The, uh, basically, basically the, the Uva, Uva let drivers do what they wanted. He wasn't big on team yeah. orders, much as Toyota is now, but, but they would be applied occasionally when it was, when it was mm -hmm. necessary. I'm sure we'll come to that through this, this conversation as well. But uh, 
those drivers were very confused as to why they were brought in. Right. And uh, the meeting came in and said, OK, George, you start the meeting. Thanks very much. <laughs> so I got to dress down right. two of the finest drivers in the championship right. and explain to them, uh, what, A, what we're meant to be doing, B, what happened, right. and, and we have to have control of this. Right. And we took those crews, weather crews and gravel <coughs> crews, we took them by the scruff of the neck and we controlled them better. And what that's about, George, I mean, that, that's about a culture of, of understanding, a culture of, of discipline, of, of teamwork. Discipline and, and teamwork. And, you know, and, and I suspect that the first thing that FX might have to address is, is a bit of a cultural issue within the whole engineering department there. You know, there, there seem to be fractures, there seem to be splits, there seem to be divisions in, in the way things work, and I suspect he's going to have to address those quicker than I have than no insight of that at all, Colin. I mean, I do know a few of the engineers in there, and there are fabulous people. I, yeah. I can honestly say, oh, individually, they're in all my, brilliant. In my in my conversations with them and, and with the team, that's a team that's very passionate about what they do. Um, but as always, if, if it's a scattered approach, if it's not that focused approach, yeah. Yeah. when you look at Tom Fowler, I mean, he's 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 more or less a, a, a dual team principal in my in my uh, in my opinion. Absolutely. The guy's controlling everything in the sporting and technical sense. They all come together yeah. via him. Yet that guy is out there discussing uh, rim damage with the guy that's fitting the, you know, cleaning the rims. Right. He's out there looking at the way that the parts are being prepared, the, you know, all the plastic parts for the car, the fasteners they're using. He's looking at the fasteners. Oh, that shouldn't pull out of there. Let's put a titanium washer yeah. behind yeah. that. What, I, I mean, never stops, maybe you're not allowed he? to do. Yeah. He never stops. Yeah. That level of detail yeah. it is so rewarding yeah. to see. It just yeah. gives me a thrill to watch the guy work. Uh, it really George. does. Just talking about rim damage, and we'll come on to M Sport shortly. Uh, well, let's just discuss it now. Um, before we go and talk about the brilliance of Ogier and Robin Perra and Elvin Evans at the front, um, you know, we talked, didn't we, about, about the fact that the M Sport crews had picked up a lot of punctures. And we talked about Oitanak, and maybe you'll have to go away and have a look at why, why he's had so many punctures. Was mm -hmm. it coincidence or was it something to do with his driving? Mm -hmm. I asked him that in the media zone last night. Good question. Yeah, I did. I thought, OK, there, there, there's... Good morning. Good morning. Some of our, we'll see you in Estonia. Some of our Toyota team members just heading off on the, uh, the journey back to Nairobi. So I asked him last night, George, said, is it maybe something to do with your driving? He went, no. He said, it's the rims. So they, they've identified... And they've known about this for a little while. They've identified an issue with the rims. Right. And they have, uh, you'd have to say, maybe a weakness in the rims. They are replacing them for Estonia. Fantastic. So that is why they, they've been so perhaps vulnerable, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and, yeah. and, and picking up more punctures than, than the other teams. I also got a comment. Um, I, I made a comment. And who was it to? Was it to? It was to to Lube. And I said, mm. I said, uh, Pierre, I said, you know, what's the car? Like? He said, oh, it's very bumpy. He said, we're not really, we're, we're really good on the fast stuff, and and you know the the, the bigger bumps and the, the you know the fast good stuff. He said the car's fantastic. He said. As soon as we come to the properly bumpy and the, the rough places, he said, you can't keep the car on the road. And I said, mm. I, I said, but you're on Ryger suspension and so is the Toyota. And, and, you know, the Toyota seems to be incredible. He said, ah, oh, yes, George. But he said, he said, uh, the Toyota Ryger suspension, he said, Toyota have people in Ryger making mm. the suspension with them, whether it's, I, I don't, I don't know what that meant. It was a, and mm. I wouldn't even ask the, the teams because they won't want to share that information. But it's a fabulous insight mm. into the, the level of investment Toyota are making. Yeah, and, 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 in and that that's suspension. you know, and, and that's the big difference between Toyota and M Sport. Toyota is a is a hundred million dollar operation a year minimum. I'd have thought, uh, whereas you know, M Sport is a fraction of that, a fraction I, of that. I think I think you're about 
100% out on that call. I, I would have thought maybe 50. Well, I, I heard some figures about the high Hyundai okay. budget, and, I, and it wouldn't be far off what I've okay. just said. So I don't think Fair Toyota's too well, I'm, far I'm off. Well, I'm talking about the rally budget. So if you talk about, if you talk about the whole, yeah, okay, if you talk yeah. about the whole team behind it, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah maybe, the whole team maybe, I'm talking maybe about. Maybe it's higher. The whole team. Season. Anyway, so, we'll, we'll go with yours, and we won't. But, but whatever, whether it's 50 million yeah. or 100 million, the M Sport budget is a fraction of that, and I mean a fraction, yes, a absolutely. fraction, maybe 20 percent, 15, yeah. 20 percent of that. So you know, it, it is it is a situation that Oitanak was always aware of when he rejoined yeah. M Sport. You know, there are limitations in in you know how much investment they can put into various things. That's a, a really good example. They can, I'm sure, yeah. afford yeah. to put six people into a into any kind of yeah. you know provide um, you know, part supplier. To, 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 I mean, to that'll see. be that'll be dyno testing as well. Oh, be all so sorts of stuff. It's not controlled not controlled mm. by the the FIA uh, testing yes. agreement. You know, they're just, they'll be doing it on test rigs. They'll, mm. they'll have recorded mm. things. They'll, they'll know exactly that they will have developed their suspension to do that. Mm. Massively expensive to do, as we've just discussed, yeah. uh, but you're limited on what you can yeah. do test day-wise. So, yeah, I, I'd just like to make the point that, you know, we don't have confirmation of this. No, 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 this it's is just, just what we've been told Absolutely, by. Yeah. We don't have confirmation of that. Um, but, but if that is the case, um, you know, it does show the difference. But it's difference a typical example. The, even, a typical if, example. even if it's wrong, yeah. and we're admitting it might be, yeah. it's a typical example of how that would be done and yeah. how it would manifest Absolutely, and, and how a team can yeah. get advantage in a situation yeah. where things are so tightly regulated. Yes. You have to look at every single area yeah. where maybe you can force a little bit of advantage. And that, that George, is, is the part of the formula of winning, isn't it? You know, is, when you have a formula is. Yeah. that is so tightly defined, right. you know, to identify the, the little areas within that tightly defined formula that you can work on, you know, it, that's what defines winning teams. Totally is, Colin, and, and it's know. cumulative. You, you, you think, well, that, well, that's not worth a week of someone's time. Yeah. Actually, it is, yeah. because if you can do that ten times, now you've got something that you can put your hands on, you can grip, yeah. that has a value. Yeah, there you go. Uh, George, drivers, we've not really talked much about drivers. Um, the brilliance of Sebastian Ogier. You know, the, the easy question here is, does he continue to prove that he's the greatest of all time? I, I don't think he has to prove that, because I think he proved that a long, long time ago. Uh, you know, the only other who stands close to him, I think, is Sebastian Loeb. Uh, but Auger has done it differently. Auger has done it with an awful lot more hurdles put in his way. Auger has done it with different manufacturers. Auger continues to do it uh, on a part-time basis. You know, he sets himself up, and we've talked about it over the weekend, the way that he approaches rallies, his discipline, his planning, his preparation, his professionalism is exemplary. Uh, and it continues. He hasn't lost any of that you know, no. desire to do things properly, as well as clearly his ability to drive quickly it, and, and beat everyone. It's almost as if by going part-time, he's, he's energised to be even more diligent than he was. He was working, honestly, he was working every minute that the road section had to give him in spare time to work on the car. He used every single minute. But by the time he, he was putting the last thing in the car, tidying it all away, putting it away, it was then helmet on into the car and drive off into the time control. I mean, you, you might think that, you know, some drivers like to have a little bit of few minutes to psych up and maybe look at the stage, the, the stage footage on the phone a little bit more, you know, the, 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 the recce footage. I never saw him doing that, but what I did see him doing was working on his car, making sure that that car was going to be perfect for him for the next stage. And he, this, this, he, he has no, I mean, he just, he never slows down, he, he never stops. There's still a, a remarkable and, desire to uh, win there, George, and, and, and he showed it. He showed his qualities out there this yeah. weekend. It, it was phenomenal. He had a very, very clear strategy about how he was going to approach this. It was about puncture mitigation, but pace where he could show it. 
And we saw that demonstrated on a number of stages, building a lead, setting some incredible times. And then he would give seven, eight, ten seconds back. And he wasn't concerned about it. It didn't phase him. The only time he might have got a little bit phased, George, was yesterday morning, Sunday morning, that opening time from Robin Pair. Remember, Robin Pair was 16.7 seconds behind. Uh, and that opening stage, short one, yeah. but rough as hell. Yeah. The roughest of rough stages. And Ozzy said, he said, wow, he said, I was surprised. Because if you're going to pick a stage to push, it would never have been that one. Yeah. But that's Robin Perra. He yeah. does, he does, where others see yeah. danger, where others see caution, he sees opportunity. Yeah. And, and I think that slightly rattled Ogier. Oh, I can tell you, it, uh, whether it rattled him or not, Colin, it, it might be up for debate. The fact that he damaged his car on that stage suggests he was. But I can tell you that he was actually very annoyed about it. <laughs> yeah. Extremely annoyed about yeah. it. Yeah. In his own quiet way. He, he, uh, I did have a chat with him, uh, not recorded off the air, and, and he, was, he, was, uh, he was bloody annoyed. Well, it, you know, it comes down to, the, you know, again, we talk about the culture within teams. You know, Toyota have always been very open about team yeah. orders. They just don't, yeah. they, they just don't apply them. Um, but you do have to occasionally say that has to be a wee bit flexible. Yeah. Surely there have to be circumstances yeah. where a team principal says, boys, yeah. this result is way more important than our policy of, of, of no oh. team orders. You know, it was a one, two, three, four, oh. successive one, two, three, four. Yeah. And, and we had, you know, we had we, we, remarkably, 16.7 seconds between Auger and Robin Perra, 16.7 between Evans and Katsuta. Yeah. Uh, you know, Evans spins and loses his wing on the opening stage. Yeah. You know, Auger on the second stage of the morning loses his tailgate. These are moments that they got away with. They oh. could so easily have cost them positions. You know, and you have to yeah. say, at some point, maybe, and I, and I love it, I love Toyota, not, in, you know, not, not applying team orders, but at some point you've got to say, it's risky, isn't it? Unbelievably risky, Colin. Um, I suppose the, the real dilemma here was, and, and, and we know, we, we have anecdotal evidence that suggests that Seb Ogier was really wanting team orders to be applied already on Saturday. Uh, but certainly Saturday night for right. Sunday, he basically really wanted them done. As far as we understand, that's the case. I, I've been led to believe by that. So, uh, if you were to so so yeah, okay, Seb, we'll apply team orders. Let let Cali win, yeah. which, which Cali doesn't <laughs> want to win like that, but he'll take it because he's so, the full time so driver. If, if there's going to be team orders, yeah. Seb. You're the loser because that's the reality. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank yeah. you, thank you. Yeah. So, so you know, um, so that was some people walking past that yeah. we know. Uh, but, but you know, that's what you would do. So, so what wasn't he getting about that? So then, then I thought, crikey, you know, now Seb's, Seb. A lot of people think Seb's arrogant, and if oh. you know him a little bit, he's far from arrogant. However, he has that self-assurance. Seb, as far as Seb is concerned. He's being paid to do a job. That job is win rallies and drive superlatively well. And his enjoyment for that is doing it in this incredibly correct, fabulous way, leaving no stone unturned. The concept of him driving for a second is alien. It wouldn't even occur to him. No. It probably doesn't even notice that Cali's no. actually fighting a championship and it would be better if he won. Yeah. Obviously, that hasn't occurred to Seb. That's how it would appear to me. And that's just my perception. Um, it, there's a sort of... Accidental arrogance about it. Uh, uh, I, I like that phrase, and it is accidental arrogance because uh, it's not uh, arrogance. Because it's not. Yeah. But 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 the fact that if if he really was wanting team orders, and I, I believe that he did kind of reveal that in one of the the chats I had with him on camera, uh, and I'm thinking to myself, Seb, what don't you get here? It quite clearly doesn't occur to him that 
if there was team orders, he would be the loser. He would be. It hadn't occurred to him. So mm, that's actually, interesting. the team did him a that's massive favour yeah, by, yeah. by not applying team yeah. orders. Yeah, no, it was um, interesting. And it's, and it's a debate that will go on, and, and fair play to Toyota for just, just saying, no, there is no debate here. We will debate it. Yeah. Toyota won't. Yeah. Um, no, just, just very quickly about Seb Ogier. You know, we're not allowed to have favourite drivers because we're media and we're supposed to be impartial. I don't care. You know, Ogier is without doubt my favourite driver, George. I just love the way that he conducts himself. He is a statesman and every sport needs a statesman. Yes. Uh, he has the ability to speak and he has the ability to make people listen. Yeah. He is one of the most considerate drivers mm. I have ever met. But he reminds me of Seve Ballesteros. Everyone around him, George, everyone. When okay. the rally starts, he is 100% focused on doing, as you've said, yeah. the job he has to do. Uh, little story I've told before. 20, uh, sorry, 1983, Open Golf Championship. I was across there with my brother. It was in St Andrews. Might have been 84. And we had the programme. The and they had rally cars at St Andrews? We had the programme, George. We had the programme. And rally we were cars. getting everyone's autograph in the yeah. programme. And we had everyone. Everyone apart from Seve Ballesteros. And Seve on the practice rounds. Ballesteros was just not signing any autographs. And at the time we thought, what an arrogant man you are. He'd actually said at one point, I'll see you all at the back of the RNA, the clubhouse, and as I come out, uh, I'll sign the autographs then. Nope, he was in the car, he was off, and we waited for an hour. And we all thought, what a horrible, nasty man. But who went on to win the championship that year? Yeah. Seve Ballesteros. He was focused. Yeah. Who turns out to have been one of the best ambassadors, greatest statesmen, nicest men ever to play the game? Seve Ballesteros. Yeah. For me, that is Sebastian Ogier. Ogier and Ballesteros, similar. You know, in that when they're on the golf course, when they're at work, they have a job to do yeah. and nothing, yeah. nothing will deviate them from their necessary approach to get that job done to yeah. the best of their ability. Yeah. And if that comes across, as you say, as yeah. an accidental arrogance, yes. well, yes. so be it. That's, yes. that's collateral. Yes. That's collateral. Ogier is an absolute superstar and we should be thankful yeah. that he's still here because yeah. we don't have it. He removed him from the sports yeah. and we don't have anyone with that le level of statesmanship. Yeah. You know, yeah. his, I love the, seeing the, the him. gravity. I, but no, I, I, I feel it, obviously I feel exactly the same. Uh, I, I love all drivers equally, and, and I want them all to win. And it's, it's it's a massive dilemma. I end up being torn to ribbons because I, you know, when one driver makes a, 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 a mistake or something happens to them, I'm just I'm just as distressed as they are mm. every time. You, you get such such ownership of it you know i know there's there's fans for particular drivers i'm a fan from them all but that's only because i'm lucky enough to meet them all and have known them all and in many cases i've seen a lot of these guys come Growing through up. the junior yeah, championship absolutely it, some of them into group n and and, uh, and Josh, you and i have been at stage ends. i was at stage ends when ogier was in the super 1600 yes. citroen you know yeah. right up through to the i think you he know. was i think he was one of the drivers i told off once on a i think it was a portugal test we used to run the production that's championship right. test yeah. And occasionally they would ask, the, the, the junior teams would ask if they could join us on this test. And depending on how many Group N cars, I'd say, fine, right, join us on our test. But, you know, here's the stipulation. We, we, we split the cost equally across everyone. Nobody made any money out of it. It was absolutely uh, a cooperative and it was lovely. And everybody, everybody played the game on that. Um, and then uh, I also had some stipulations and rules saying, look, if you get stopped in a stage, you know, we, 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 we'll, we'll not leave you for there for more than an hour, but we'll wait for a gap, you know, so you might wait there an hour. Don't, don't give me a hard time. And I had to organise that test with a, an iron rod. Sometimes you'd have as many as 15, 16 drivers, all private teams, yeah. all very determined. You couldn't keep stopping the stage yeah. to, to pull drivers so, out who made mistakes. Uh, anyway, it was a very dusty road. It wasn't gravel, but it was a dusty road we were on uh, for service. 
and there was one, it was a Dutch driver, a lovely guy, and I forget his name, uh, he drove through very quickly um, at one point. So I went to his team and I went to the marshals and said he doesn't start the next stage, he doesn't do another run. Uh, when he comes to, if, if I don't speak to him, if he gets to the start, tell him to come and see me why he can't start the stage. So he, he did find me because I went and spoke to the team. He did. He said to George, what's the problem? He was a lovely kid and I said, I said, just, just go and apologise to every single crew down there for covering them all with dust, mate. You drove down there at like 70, 80 kph, everybody got dusted. Now I hasten to say I feel like a complete hypocrite because I've done lots of that myself this weekend, <laughs> just the nature of driving on gravel roads. Um, and I think, I'm not, I can't remember, there was other drivers, there was a French driver, it may well have been Sebastian, it may well have been, but it maybe wasn't. But I remember going to the, the other driver that I spoke to as well and did exactly the same. Yes. Uh, he was just going a little bit quickly, I said, look, it's 20 kph. And, and he was the slowest driver down for the rest of the day. Yeah, so yeah, that was, yeah. makes me think it possibly Probably was, was Sebastian. So I might even yeah. have told him off at yeah. one point, ridiculous. <laughs> but you're right, what, watching but, these guys come from, you know, really ambitious, aspiring, yeah. You know, wide-eyed yeah. youngsters yeah. into so into so you the greatest drivers on earth. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's wonderful to see. Um, so we've talked about Ogier, Robin Perra, a number of times again over the course of the weekend. If you've been listening to our reviews and our preview, George, you've talked about the fact that Robin Perra seems to suck up all oh, yes. of the learnings that he can yeah. from Ogier. Mm -hmm. I, I thought Robin Perra was enormously impressive this weekend. His car, as far as I can remember. He didn't have any issues. He didn't have any punctures, didn't hit any animals, um, didn't have any moments. He had obviously that supposed power loss issue on the final day. But now, Robin Perra was enormously impressive with his discipline this weekend. He, he was, and, and his, his manner was, was uh, very introspective at points. We saw him just sitting there, obviously quite clearly, just focused in on what he has to do. I'm sure he was focused in on the rally and not some drifting. And judging by his performance, I'm correct. Um, but his, his diligent approach to the event, his measured approach, his, his risk-taking was... was uh, what, what, within honest, reason. Honestly speaking, it was within reason. Yeah, yeah. It, it could have it backfired, but you're driving a rally car. You drive it, you drive it more carefully, you're taking the edge out of the car, you're, you're losing your ability to maybe lift the car and move the car in particular ways yeah. if you go too slow. So um, I don't think his risks were any bigger than, say, taking it easy. Apply team orders, you might have two cars slip off the road. You Easily, know? Yeah. So you know, just rally. You just don't yeah. know what can happen. Oh, he was magnificent. So he did an amazing job. He really did. And Elvin Evans also in third place, another one who, you know, he had, a, he had a number of moments out there over the course of the weekend. But Evans did a really strong, strong job yeah. uh, and deserved his third place. Katsutasan, the fourth of the Toyotas. I loved watching him this weekend. He, he spent a lot of time apologising to the team. Um, he seemed to think he made a lot of mistakes and that wasn't acceptable. Mm -hmm. He made a lot of mistakes because he was confident in his ability to push that car. And yes, he pushed it a little too far at times, but he had the confidence to push. And I, I enjoyed watching Kinsuta out there. I enjoyed watching just how, um, uh, you know, how much of a battler he was, George, you know, to, to bring that car home when at times the easier thing to do would have been just to leave it at the side of the road. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not sure that the... the <clears throat> Obviously, he came to this rally quite clearly with an ex a personal expectation, hmm. uh, and it was very much a personal expectation. Uh, I think he thought he could win. Maybe. Uh, he certainly thought he could be on the podium, yeah. and he had every right yeah. to think that. Well, and and as, his, as his performance showed, yeah. he definitely had the pace to do yeah. it. Um, and I think somehow he just started off a little bit frantic. Wow. It started off on that shakedown. I mean, a third run through, honestly, to make that mistake. Mm. 
it really is bordering on inexcusable. Oh, but, okay. But drivers do make those mistakes, so mm -hmm. it is excusable, but it's just bordering on that. Mm -hmm. Hang on. You've wrecked your car. I mean, you risked... I mean, it, it can't have been far away from a roll cage damage, and that would have been him not even starting the rally. So, you know, go... go you know, s search deep for your inner Ogier mm. and start to look at your the way that you're analysing the risks and what you do. So there's a... You know, he's very, very well mentored, uh, mentored to death, potentially. You know, not, not, that's not quite what I mean. Uh, ve mentored very thoroughly, mm. but there's something missing there in his approach, whether that can be mentored or whether he just needs to sit with someone and get a damn good telling off. Maybe. You yeah, know, maybe. It's as simple as that. Mm. Maybe. But, uh, yeah, no, that, that's uh, a diff different right, perspective on it. It has yeah. to be the right discussion, mm. you know, and it has to be at the serious level where he... Mm, take yeah, stock you know yeah. this is this is not a threat for your career yeah. this is this is honest mm. advice to help you mm. you yeah. need to change what you know that I, I don't know and he is trying to do that George you can see he's is. trying because he last is. year was yeah. difficult for him he, he made some progress in the previous generation really good progress mm -hmm. world rally car we've come to the rally one cars and he's one of those drivers who struggled to adapt to it you know, last year was a difficult, difficult year. This, this year has started off in a difficult way. I think he's getting there, though. I'm uh, sure George, he, is, yeah. he, he really is. Uh, we're, we're almost out of time, George. A quick word for Esapeka Lapi, because me, for me, Ogier was the driver of the rally. Esapeka Lapi was pretty close for me. Your know, first time here, uh, battling issues that he knew were always going to be there after that double prop shaft failure yeah. on shakedown. Uh, he got himself up into third place at one point, and then another prop shaft goes. Lapi, for me, was really really impressive the way he conducted himself well, through all those issues the point at which he retired he was in touch with the leaders by safari terms yeah yeah yeah, you know, yeah. He, he was, if yeah. either of the two front drivers had both had a puncture and had to stop lappy was right there yep and and that is a remarkable performance yeah. and he wasn't putting a mark on his car yeah. it was very much the same as Kala. now we spoke to him at the start of the rally and he said oh no Kali's given me all the advice we had a bit of a laugh with him saying, do you really think that Callie's going to give you all the good advice? Oh, yeah, yeah, we're very good friends. And I said, <laughs> I, said I think you have to rethink this a little bit, Esapeka. <laughs> but actually, you know, I think I was completely wrong and he was right. Yeah. I think his approach to this was brilliant. Yeah. He took the advice, he'd watched all the videos. He approached this rally correctly. I spoke to his co-driver, Yana, yeah. when I went to find them when they were stopped. Unfortunately, a, a kind photographer had taken the driver away from the mid-stage in Soisambu the second yeah. time around. So I didn't speak to him. But his co-driver said, he said, we were surprised yeah. by our pace first yeah. time here. We yeah. didn't think we'd but find he, the measure of it, but they did. He did it beautifully. And what he did, he said he'd, he'd never prepared for a rally as well as he'd prepared. And he, he put so much time and effort into this one um, for preparation. So, yeah, it just shows it, it does pay off. Um, Lappi has been the quickest of the Hyundai's. I'd say here he was the quickest. He was definitely the quickest in Sardinia before Ogier went off. And Lappi knew he couldn't, couldn't win that event because of team orders. Sweden, he was the quickest of the Hyundai's, it's been quite a remarkable start to the year for him. And, and you know, for someone who, you'd have to say, you know, there were doubts creeping in, doubts creeping in about his ability to contest at the very highest Absolutely, level. Yeah. The very highest level. Yeah. When I say that very highest level, I mean contesting championships. Yeah. I think he's saying to Hyundai, all right, I'm going to accept this situation you've imposed oh, yeah. on us this year, where I have to accede to Thierry. But I'm going to show you that next year, would be folly to put that in place because I am quite capable of winning rallies 
I am quite capable of winning championships. And he's going about it the right way. Uh, George, one final word. We, we didn't talk a lot about M-Sport, but or Danny Sordo, even Sordo had a really great rally. Um, and apologies, we're just running out of time. We have quick, mentioned him a little bit. We, little we mentioned we did. that he was the most diligent of those drivers. We did. Uh, quick word just to, to, I suppose, to finish off with George about the rally again, because mm -hmm. you were heading home. Well, certainly myself and Elliot are heading home. You've got a few more days of work here. Um, a quick word about Safari Rally and just how wonderful it was. Well... I've got, I've got a meeting with the organisers tonight, a dinner, in the, in the fabulous carnivore restaurant. Yeah. We're going to take Elliot, the cameraman, along as well, so he can listen to all the meanderings and enjoy the delicious food. Uh, but, you know, there's, there's talk about, the, 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 they're not complacent here. They've got this great rally. Obviously, there's the traffic issues. They'll, they'll address those. The, 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 they know what they need to do. There's about six junctions they need to control differently. That will all be sorted for next year, if that's the route. But there was also a lovely notional discussion about adding a little bit more flavour into it, you know, um, allow a proper remote service. You know, this, this was spitballing, so this is by no means sanctioned. Well, you can't way. do remote services no. under the regulations no, no, just but, now, but, but, but yeah. The regulations, <laughs> the regulations, as we know, are just bits of paper yeah. that, that somebody's written down and agreed. Yeah. You know, if, if you could make a remote service to, to extend the route and make it fabulous and not uh, add any cost to the teams. What's the argument? Why would you, you, why would you want your car running, running yeah. poorly when you've got 60 kilometres away, you've got all your mechanics yeah. and all your parts? Put it in the back of a couple of Land Cruisers or Ford pickups or whatever it is you, you, you've, you've got and, and, and have that remote service to keep your cars going. And that would allow us to use, the, I believe that the rally has two or three proper classic roads, Oof. probably just, you know, 30, 40 kilometre sections, mm. not, not monsters. Mm. We're not talking about changing the, the mm. face of rallying mm. here, but there is options for some more, Fabulous. but it wouldn't, it wouldn't meet the midday service rules. Mm. And I think it's Safari Rally. You don't want to do what they did in New Zealand and not have service because that's just, that's not fair. No, not having service ultimately Pointless. ends up costing the teams, yes, costing, you know, because it costs more. teams because yeah. drivers retire on yeah. silly things that they could have yeah. fixed if they exactly. had a remote service. Anyway, Josh, I like the sound of that. That could it's be interesting, very interesting yeah. indeed. So this rally can develop more. It's got scope to develop yeah. even within what it's doing well. and improve, but it's also got scope to expand and become even more classic. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's mighty, mighty exciting. We will listen and wait with interest to hear any developments on that part from you, George. Yeah, so it really was a magnificent safari rally, Kenya. We enjoyed every single moment of it. And George, the big news for me, um, because I had a little bit of drama getting here when their e-visa system dropped. Uh, was it the president or the, the deputy pre no, president, the, no, the president in the service park made an announcement last night that they're going to drop the visa entry requirements he's, for Kenya? He's going to drop the visa requirement for Kenya because, Colin? Because it's the centre of ancient civilization and it's everyone's home. I love that. Everybody, isn't, isn't, ev everyone that should incredible. be welcome. Yes. And everyone should be welcome in Kenya, Basically, so why should we have visas? You're all Kenyan because we are. it started here. Everyone's that. Yeah. He made the point that uh -huh. Australians, South Americans, uh -huh. North Americans, Europeans, even Australians, the roots... Their ancient, ancient, ancient roots come back to somewhere yeah. not far north of Colin, here. 50 kilometres away 50 from kilometers here, there's an archaeological wow. site where the very first remains of, of human habitation, the oldest human habitation, humans standing wow. upright, wow. using tools, wow. using, and I think it's about, is it about four or five million years? Oh, long time ago. Something so there we are, there we are. That's the exciting <laughs> news for me anyway. Folks, thank you very much for uh, listening to spin the rally pod and thank you very much for joining us over the whole of safari rally kenya we very much enjoyed seeing your comments 
and uh, listening to your views on what has been a wonderful rally. You have been listening to myself and George Donaldson on Spin the Rally Pod.